Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Ibatullah Zakaria, a public health practitioner, a mental health enthusiast, and a STEM childhood educator. Your host are not so popular. We're not so popular issues in the Muslim world are brought to the stage. So how is everybody holding up during this pandemic? I know it is not easy, but trust me, just hang in there, little buddies, because this too shall pass. So I was taking a stroll through the streets of Facebook one day, and I saw this post about sisters um, being attracted to brothers because they, they put on sneakers and joggers, and I was like, Y'all sisters gotta be tripping me. Like, of course, sneakers and joggers are attractive, but really? Sneakers and joggers? Like, no, 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 no. Like, as a Muslim sister, there's some things you should look out for in men. And, of course, you gotta look at the way he dresses. Yeah, that's important. But then, be more insightful. Look for better things. And, you know, thinking about this made me realize that um, it's probably not our fault as sisters. All we have now is the TV and the soap operas. Most sisters are, like, fans of soap operas and all that. And it made me realize that our image of a good guy, a charming guy, is quite distorted. Um, it is twisted in a way to suit what the makers of these super operas want you to think, which is not supposed to be like that. And then I decided to go back in the time of the camels, where those camels then were the Lamborghinis and horses were the Porsche. 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 Okay, how is that pronounced? If you can pronounce Porsche very well, please let me know. <laughs> All right. So I decided to go back in that time and bring out um, the guys too. When it comes to my celebrity crushes, I decided to bring out the males of that time to our sisters to let them see qualities that should be attractive in a man, like safe sneakers and joggers, like... So there was this very handsome young man during the time of the prophet. He is a really popular Sahaba during the time of the prophet, but not so popular during our own time. Let me save his name for um, the end. Let me just tell you some really amazing things about this person, this amazing Sahaba. And... I'm going to like go from the beginning, like before he accepted Islam and after he accepted Islam. And inshallah, I'm going to highlight those things I want us to like look out for when it comes to brothers from this brother's story. Now, so he was like the most eligible bachelor of that time in Mecca. You know, when they call somebody most eligible bachelor, you should, I, I don't know. You should get what that means. Scholars say that you smell him before you even see him. Like, oh my God, you, when you just perceive that smell, you know that, ah, so, 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 and so is coming. You smell him before you see him. Okay, but these brothers are still wearing sneakers. 
yo, this, this Sahaba's shoes were imported from Yemen. Like it was, as at that time when some of these things were not that priority, he had the luxury of importing his own shoes. He wore the best of clothes. He wore designers. He was not your regular when it comes to his style. And his style apart, he was intelligent. He was calm and he was respected. And the people of Makkah at that time, they are the chieftains. They were like proud to have this kind of, you know, this kind of speck among them. He was from a rich family, of course, judging by the expensive um, clothings and shoes he wore and his perfumes and all that. And he, he happened to, you know, hear that they were trying to persecute certain people. Um, they called them Muslims and he was like, who are these people they want to persecute? Let me just find out about them. What, what exactly are they about? And so he went to the Muslim secret hideout then, as at that time, Darul Al-Kam the house of Al-Arkam Ibn Abi Al-Kam. So he went there and he listened to the prophet Samon once and he was like, this is the real deal. Like, this is what I've been looking for all my life. And that was how he accepted Islam. So he started going there frequently, but quietly and very carefully because he didn't want his mother to know about it. His mother, Khunas bin Malik, was a powerful woman. And you know when you're when you're a powerful woman, there's a there's this kind of um impact you have on your children. They fear you normally. So he was really really afraid of his mom. So he was being quiet about it. And then we have a snitch, Uthman bin Uthman ibn Talha. Yeah. So Uthman saw him going to Dar Darul Al Kam, and he also saw him pray, and he was like, yeah. This person is ah. Let me go and tell his mom. So he went to tell um our Sahaba's mom, our celebrity crush's mom. <laughs> so he went to tell her that ah, I saw your son. This that is already a Muslim. Is praying, and then his mother asked him, asked him, Musa. No, I didn't just say it. No, you did not hear that. But his mother asked him, um. Oh, so, 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 and so, have you become a Muslim? And he said, yes, I am now a Muslim. So, you know, his mother was shocked and she was not happy about it. And she locked him up in his house. He was on house arrest. And then she put guards in front of his um, room to watch him so that he wouldn't leave the house. So one day he had like these guys talking about uh, those Muslims they are going to Abyssinia, blah, 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 blah. And then he, he watched the guards and noticed when they were like weak and I think asleep. And then he went out of the house and then went with the Muslims to Abyssinia. He went with them to Abyssinia, leaving all his Prada, his Gucci, his Chanel, he's leaving everything and his Fendi. And then he went all the way to Abyssinia with the Muslims. Take note of that. So this Sahaba was already missing the Prophet. He missed hearing um, the sermon of the Prophet. So he came back to Mecca and started learning the Quran. He was, he's one of the be most beautiful reciters of the Quran. MashaAllah. So 
when the prophet needed some people to go to um Bani al-Ashal in Medina to preach um, the da'wah of Islam to them. He chose um, this person because this is our celebrity crush because um, of his charm and his beautiful recitation and he observed that he sacrificed a lot for the deen so hence he understands the level of his commitment to the deen. So when he got there he was staying as a guest in somebody's house and every day he would go to people's door, knock on their door and recite the Quran to them. And after a while, people started, okay, they would sit around him uh, like in the middle of um, a, pl a place and, you know, he would recite the Quran to them and they, they would absorb the meaning. Because, you know, when the recitation is beautiful, you're always willing to listen. So, the leaders of Bani al-Ashal, um, there was one of them that was really, really harsh and he was like, who is this person that is distracting our people from what we are worshipping? People are already, you know, people are already in, inclined towards Islam through his recitation. So he was like, who, are, who is this? So he went bang, 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 all the way to Mushab, cursing and all that. And then Mushab, in his calm, amazing self, you know, he saw him coming or charging at him and all he said was sit down sit down listen to me first please listen to me first when you listen you decide what you want afterwards but let me talk and then Musa recited the words of Allah to him he talked about Jannah he talked about Jahannam he talked about accountability he talked about he recited several verses of the Quran to him and the man with the gragrat first, with all his power and everything, he just went mellow and calm. And he accepted Islam through that. And when he went back to his, um, the other chief of that, Bani al-Ashal, he went to him, the, the other chief was telling him that, ah, you went there with this energy and you're not, you're coming back with a different energy. Like, you're all calm. What's happening? And then... He was like, hmm, that person that I went to meet is actually speaking. Everything he's saying is the truth. And then this other chief was like, excuse me, let me go do what you, you failed to do. You had just one job, just one job. And then he went with the same intent. And when he got there, you know, the same incident replayed. And then he listened to his recitation and he was like, mashallah. And through that, he accepted Islam. So other people, like other um, tribesmen, were like, ah, chiefs, you went there to go and stop this menace now. How come you're also part of it? And then this other chief was like, we are your leaders. And you should know that whatever we say is actually the right thing. What that man is saying is the right thing. And the all of Bani al-Ashal, gained islam through Mus through asaba oh god I, I should try to not say his name okay because i oh well i guess we've been hearing neat bits of his name so his name is mushab ibn mushab bin umair so that's the name of asaba i could not keep it to the end oh so bad at keeping secrets. So I could not keep it to the end, but then it's still good. Mushab Ibn Umair, known for his um for his amazing charm and handsomeness and his commitment to the dean. So 
you know, after this um, particular incident, he gained a whole lot of respect among the Muslims. And there was a time he was like in Medina with the Prophet and he was entering the Masjid. And, you know, as he was entering the Masjid, he, people saw him and saw what he wore and they were like, wow, this man that used to, you know, wear the best of clothes in town. And look at him dressed. His clothes were so little. He was just wearing a torn blanket all over his body. His clothes were so little. And, you know, they felt really bad. And some of them started crying. You can imagine. But then what they don't know is that his sacrifice definitely came with a huge reward. Because Allah honored him. In the Battle of Uhud, you know, there was this little... um little problem during the battle of Uhud where there was a little bit of um, misunderstanding between the Muslims. So he realized that um, the Kafirs were targeting the Prophet Muhammad and then he took it upon him to protect the Prophet and he was the flag bearer at the same time. And once the flag drops in Islam, uh, in a war, sorry, not in Islam, once the flag drops, then the other party wins. So he kept protecting. Anywhere he sees that the prophet is, he will go and, you know, be like a shield to the prophet. And that was how his first arm went down. Someone um, cut off his, uh, his first arm. He passed the flag to the second one. And then the second one was um, cut off. And then he still grabbed it, I think, with his mouth or, some, or something. And then... Still protecting the prophet despite the fact a arrow was shot to him and that was how he died. And immediately another Muslim, Sahaba, took the flag. So they still had the war going on and that was how he died. So imagine he died in a battle. His Jannah is like already written down that the Ahl Jannah. MashaAllah. So this particular um, Sahaba might have been the typical story from of from rags to riches like in our day-to-day -day life but then it was from i oh, sorry from riches to rags but then it was actually from rags to riches when it comes to the bounty of allah the mercy of allah so coming back to what we look at when it comes to a man when we look at mushab is it being handsome he had everything he had everything he needed in this world he sacrificed everything for the sake of Allah. How many of our brothers can do that today? Now, let's not even be discriminating against the brothers. Even we sisters. How many of us can actually, like, stand up for Islam and sacrifice our job? Something as little as our job will still take off our hijab because of it. So, let's, let's, let's check ourselves. Let's check ourselves. That is one thing I want sisters to look at a brother in a brother. Does he fear Allah enough? Does he is he committed to the deen? It, there's a difference between I'm wearing um I'm I'm wearing this for sack and I grow my beard and I'm actually committed to the deen. A lot of brothers will do all those physical appearance thing and they'll fail to work on the internal aspect of it same as sisters but i'm more particular about this because i'm trying to let sisters get an overview of what they should look at in a brother and why sometimes sneakers and joggers might not be the way
not in fact not sometimes it is not even the way of course you should consider it as much as you're considering other things you should consider okay it's fashion sense it's quite necessary i won't be walking with my husband and you know feel uh why is my husband dressed like this and you start feeling like let me move to the back a little so that they will not know that i'm his wife no 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 i don't want that situation of course but at the same time Islam is a very intentional religion, so you have to be intentional in everything, in your search for husband, in your, you have to be very intentional. So, first of all, it's qualities, it's committed to the deen, is he committed to the deen, that brother in sneakers that you're looking at, is he actually committed to the deen? He's, he was very calm, respectful, charming, sometimes charm is not about your look, not even sometimes, what am I saying sometimes, charm isn't about your looks. Charm is actually about your behavior. Is his behavior charming? Are the words coming out of his mouth, are they charming? But please, sisters, let's take note. Charming. He was calm. Somebody was charging at you, abusing you and all that. But he still maintained his cool. How many of our brothers can maintain their cool? Mm. You see them. I'm the man of this house. That's their, that's their slogan these days. I'm the man of the house. So, how many of these brothers can actually maintain their cool in the face of anger? Another thing to look out for. Of course, that might be a little bit odd, but you would have had, like, you'd have had instances to see that happening. At the same time, it was so, 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 as in, he, 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 as he did not take life to heart. Dunya was not his priority. Was, Janna was his priority. And funny enough, a whole lot of us these days, we write it on our Facebook profile, eh, Janna, my priority, striving for Janna. Am I? What we are doing inside, ah, it's only God that will save us. Mm, may Allah help us. A lot of us are not actually striving for Janna. If Janna is your priority, you have to strive for it. So sisters, looking at sneakers and joggers, is Janna your priority? If Janna is your priority, then look at somebody like Musa Ibn Omer. Look at that um, quality, his, his strength, his bravery, his calmness at the same time, and his commitment to the deen. If a man is committed to the deen and he fears Allah, Trust me, you enjoy every single bit of your time with him. Trust me. So, sisters, let's let's reform that our priority. I'm not saying you should not admire somebody on the sneakers and say, oh, he dresses well, and see, um, give him a point to that. That okay, this brother wants to marry me and he dresses well. You can give him a point, but when it comes to important things such as your dean, you should actually place them a whole lot higher. And the sneakers and the joggers. And for the person that posted that um particular thing, I don't know what you must have seen, but I think uh, I would not believe it totally. I am sure our sisters are not like I'm sure there's I'm sure our sisters are more insightful when it comes to looking at brothers. Probably you don't have too much money, and you know, I'm not trying to shade actually, but I'm just saying that you should actually work hard and stop blaming the fact that sisters are not accepting you on the fact that they like sneakers and joggers. <laughs> all right, I hope you all um, gained something from the life of my celebrity crush, Mushab Ibn Omer. I hope you all gained something. He was committed, he was calm. Calmness is something we should actually learn to, or crave because for those who are calm, 
you know, they get more respect and it makes it easier for you to understand situations. May Allah grant us calmness. May Allah make us committed people to the deen and accept all our endeavors as an act of ibadah. If you have any comment, reach me on Instagram at not underscore so popular. And just so you know, this podcast it is not a replacement for your lectures it is not a replacement for the lectures you listen to from the ustas i am in no way a ustas i am just a student of knowledge and i like to share every little thing i learn and with that i say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh